Rockin' Raven, a podcast about finding the perfect path towards your perfect post-secondary destination. Each episode, we will highlight events you'll want to attend, deadlines you won't want to miss, and share some insight into what makes Carleton University a community like no other. Let's start the show. Hello, future Ravens. Welcome back to the Talking Raven podcast. My name is Stanley Philippe. If you've been following along this entire semester, you will have noticed that we've been hinting at the idea of our faculties. What is a faculty? How it can help you develop your own path, carve your lane, if you will, and why it's so important for us to shine a bit more light on our respective faculties. Well, this month of April is faculty month here at the Talking Raven podcast. Yes, every single episode will be dedicated to a specific faculty at Carleton U. We have five in total. And it's going to give you a chance to not only learn a bit more about that specific faculty, but to also understand how you can utilize the opportunities, the skills, and the people that you'll find within your respective disciplines. And we're going to start off with my faculty the Faculty of Arts and Social Sciences. Yes, I graduated with a Bachelor of Arts. I remember going to university and thinking, well, what in the world am I going to do with a BA? And that's a conversation that's still happening to this day. There's this misconception of, you know, the utilization of a degree program that's based in the social sciences. Well, for my future BA grads, fear not, This conversation we're going to have today is going to give you that motivation, that backing, that reassurance that you'll need to really, really succeed in your own special way. So I'm really looking forward to sharing my conversation with Dr. Megan Rivers Moore. It's coming up next. It's time for faculty chats. It's time for faculty chats. My guest today is Dr. Megan Rivers Moore. She's an associate professor and undergraduate advisor in the Pauline Jewett Institute of Women's and Gender Studies. Megan, thank you so much for joining us here on the Talking Raven podcast. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm very well. Thanks for the invitation. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm glad we're talking about the Faculty of Arts and Social Sciences. It's where I graduated from. I have a BA in mass communication. So I understand the power of FAST, uh, but we want to give our students a chance to learn more about it. But before we do that, let's talk more about, about you. Let's talk more about your journey. How did you end up at Carleton University and and what connected you to our women's and gender studies department? Well, so I did my PhD in England, in fact, but always um, with the idea of returning to live in Canada. I'm a sociologist by training, but my research is on gender and sexuality in Latin America. So I tend to approach my research and writing in an interdisciplinary way. Um, So I was always really interested in, I was always hopeful that I would end up in a place that would allow me to do all of those things at once, right? To wear all of those different hats. So you know, the great thing about gender studies is it has always been 
by definition, interdisciplinary. So, you know, I have colleagues who have backgrounds in political science and English and history and geography. So, you know, to me, it's been really generative for teaching and for research to be able to share conversations with people who, who have different theoretical traditions or who are, you know, using different methodological approaches. So yeah, it was a really good fit for me. I was really delighted to be able to end up in the gender studies department at Carleton. Yeah, variety is, is definitely a flavor within our Bachelor of Arts and within Women's and Gender Studies. And I think the idea of connectivity is also really essential to what our students are doing in the social sciences. And I think about the connections of, you know, a program like Women's and Gender Studies to what's happening in the real world in real time. So as we're becoming much more aware in tune of equity, diversity, inclusion, and other important social issues, are you seeing that there are certain changes that are being made to the program to either reflect that or to drive at that kind of conversation? Yeah, we've actually, we just put in place a kind of a huge set of really major curriculum changes. Um, and those came into place in the fall of 2021. And, and this was really, it was a result of like years of, of, of meetings and conversations about how to ensure that our programs really reflect our shared commitment to social justice in the broadest possible way. And by that, I mean like our shared commitment to thinking about diversity and thinking about social change intersectionally. So at our, in our institute, we've, we're trying to study the intersection or the connection between lots of different kinds of oppression and privilege, right? So we study racism, we study sexism, ableism, transphobia, classism, colonialism, right? We're looking at how these kind of broad structures shape all aspects of our lives, how, how they impact our identities, how they impact our experiences in the world, whether that's political system, uh, history, psychology, pop culture, literature, right? Health, the legal system. Again, this is the benefit. Of, of interdisciplinarity. So part of the kind of impetus for these curriculum changes came from this acknowledgement that women's and gender studies is not just about women, right? And that, that's, I think, one of the big misconceptions often, that it's also about men and masculinity. It's also about trans people. It's also about non-binary people, right? It's about all of us, you know, and there's, there are fabulous examples of, of work that ha is happening in the department. Like my, my colleague, Katie Bush, published this brilliant book about how white men appropriated black masculinity in the U.S. in the 1960s and 70s, right? Katie's a historian. My colleague, Dan Irving, is this, you know, incredibly important and well-known trans studies scholar who's currently writing a book on trans employment and unemployment. I mean, I could, <laughs> I could list off everybody and the work that they're doing, right? But, uh, you know, the point is at our institute, we're studying like how different forms of oppression, different forms of privilege connect to one another, how they structure our lives. So, so not just gender, right? So what we've done through our, the changes in the curriculum is to try to integrate the minors that we offer in our major. So we offer a major in women's and gender studies, but we also offer minors in critical race studies, which was new in 2021. And then we have minors in sexuality studies and disability studies. But because we really wanted to acknowledge the interconnection between those fields, now all of our students have to take something from each of those fields. So if you are doing a gender studies degree, you must take a class in critical race studies, you must take a class in disability studies and in sexuality studies. And then similarly, if you're just taking one of those minors, you have to take classes from the other minors, right? We basically like we've interwoven our programs because that way I think they better kind of recognize and reflect the interconnected or intersectional nature of both like the most cutting edge scholarship that's being produced at the moment, but also just of people's lived experiences, right? Mm -hmm. And actually what the, you know, one of the main, one of the many ways as, as we were reworking the curriculum that we've done that is that we've got a new name for our intro course. 
now it's called feminist social transformation rather than introduction to women's and gender studies because again it's it's you know we really struggled with the name we had a lot of conversations about the names but we felt like feminist social transformation really a better captured that kind of broad vision that we have and it is now required not just for students who are majoring in women's and gender studies but also for all of the all of the minors and actually, that's always the, uh, whenever I talk to um, students who have any interest in our programs, that's always my, <laughs> my advice is to take that intro course. I mean, first, because it's an amazing course that, you know, students come out having had their minds totally blown and their lives changed forever. It's, it's absolutely brilliant, but it's also kind of the gateway into both our major and all of the minors. And that's, you know, that's a new change with the curriculum, uh, the curriculum changes that we've made. But I mean, I, also just to say, I feel like the programs that we offer in women's and gender studies, you know, I mean, I'm biased, obviously, but they've always been important. They've always been relevant, but it's, you know, the, the things that are happening in, in the world at the moment to just make them, there's an urgency to many of these issues. And, you know, we're, those are issues that we're talking about in our classrooms all the time, right? We're talking about Black Lives Matter. We're talking about Indigenous resurgence. We're talking about the Me Too movement, right? All of that is and all of the stuff that is happening in, in the media, all of the kind of social movements and the, these struggles to try to make the world better and more just and, you know, so that more of us can flourish. You know, all of that is absolutely sort of at the center of, of the work that we do. Yeah. And, it, and it's really amazing to think about, you know, when an event happens in the real world that kind of brings everyone to a space we then start to recognize that work has been done and work is being done and continues to be done within that moment and then also outside of that moment. And no, I speak from experience. I took uh, the intro to Women's and Genders course uh, when I was a first year student, and it really helped me to kind of understand a bit better about my own biases and my own ways of looking at the world and the different lenses that you can utilize to be a bit more critical, more uh, empathetic. And it may be more creative too. And, and these are all really important skill sets to have as you're moving into, you know, the, the quote unquote real world, but as you're thinking about careers and how you can make a mark in whatever profession that you will choose. And so I'm, I'm curious to know, you know, as we continue to talk about skill development in FAST, what are some of the skills that you're hoping your students will either acquire or perhaps like refine a bit as they navigate this degree? That's a great question. Um, I, you know, and I think it's a question that we get asked a lot in the arts and social sciences, much more than, you know, I, I feel like people who study engineering or chemistry don't get that question as, as much as we do. But I, I really do feel very strongly that that fast students and students in, in gender studies in particular, you know, come out of our programs with in, incredibly important skills that employers are, you know, delighted uh, to take advantage of. I mean, the, the most obvious one I think is critical thinking and writing and reading, right? Uh, that that work that we're doing to train students to not just take uh, you know what they're what they're reading at face value to think critically about it and then to be able to write about it critically those are crucial analytical skills that they leave our program with. I mean, presentations, it's funny. Uh, we have a lot of students who have mixed feelings about having to do presentations in class, but I, you know, continue to, to see that they are really of value because I think that there's something really important about being able to speak confidently in front of others about complex ideas, right? And that the only way to do that is to practice. And so, you know, we try to do that a lot, right? Controversial ideas, complex ideas, like how can we get good at being able to talk about that in front of, in front of our colleagues in the classroom, you know, and then outside of the classroom as well. So that's another one. Um, research skills, obviously, you know, lot, we do lots of research work in our classes, media literacy. I mean, I have, we do a ton of looking at 
current events and looking, you know, I, I've done lots of times I've given my students assignments where they have to pick, you know, something from pop culture and then do an analysis of it in our class. So media literacy, um, collaborative work, again, that, that can sometimes be, you know, something that students struggle with a bit when we ask them to do group work, you know, there's, there's always, you know, tensions and difficulties in group dynamics. But I also, again, think that that's a really key part of what you learn in the degree is to collaborate with others, right? To manage a project, to manage a team. These things are hard, they're frustrating, but they're also things that we have to do in the work world all the time, right? So that piece about like, how do I work with others? How do we get this project going? Another really key skill that fast students come away with. And then I guess just finally, I would say that that kind of awareness of you know what you mentioned at the beginning of, about equity, inclusion, diversity, equity, diversity, and inclusion is the is the order that we're usually saying them in these days. Isn't it? But like there's a ton of demand for that in the world at the moment, especially, right? We see a lot of non-governmental organizations, even different branches of the government are hiring in, for positions called diversity officer or you know, like equity, diversity, inclusion, somebody or other uh, manager, right? Because there is this acknowledgement that our world is incredibly diverse and we are not always doing a great job <laughs> at managing that, right? So students who um, have that diversity awareness can speak to it, can understand the way oppression and privilege work and, and, you know, in the world and in the workplace, all of those are really important skills that, that our students can, will come out of the degree with, you know, with a really good handle on those. You said so many great things there. The, the last thing you mentioned uh, really touched me because like you, like you said, sometimes when students are looking at degree titles, they think title job, you mm -hmm. know, engineering, engineer, journalism, journalist, and, and there is this lack of direct association that happens with some of the programs that are so unique and amazing. But, but what, what we're seeing now is the jobs are being created that reflect the titles, right? The EDI mm -hmm specialist or coordinator or advisor, you know, so if you're studying in a program that does emphasize EDI, well, then there is that correlation, but there's also that, that creation that you can be at the forefront of in four yeah. or five or six years, as we continue to evolve as a society, we don't even know what's, what it's going to look like. So those, those skills that you just you know, mentioned are all going to give you, you, the, the students that are listening, a chance to maybe create that path, or at the very least take advantage of the heightened awareness of certain things that are happening in real time. So really great to be able to think about skills. Also great to be able to think about location. And we're blessed. We're lucky to be in Ottawa. It is the nation's capital. And with that comes a lot of access. So can you think a bit about or talk a bit about the role the city plays in giving students a chance to apply the skills that they're acquiring in the classroom? Yeah, for sure. I mean, lots of us at Carleton like to talk about the capital advantage, right? And I mean, I do think, <laughs> sorry, that was so cheesy that I threw that in, but there you go. I mean, the, the <laughs> thing is, what it is true, however, um, you know, there are a lot, for example, there are a lot of international NGOs or non-governmental organizations here. There's the federal government here, right? And our program in particular, like we've been working to have more, to increase the possibilities for students to be involved in like practical experiential learning. And there's a huge advantage to being in the capital for that. Like, so for example, we have a class that is that students in their fourth year of our program or if they're in our MA program as well it's for both it's a practicum program where they get real 
you know, world work experience. And it's just amazing the options that students have had. So, you know, we've placed students with Oxfam. We've placed students this year. I've got two students working with Planned Parenthood Ottawa. We've got students with the Native Women's Association of Canada, the local disability rights NGO called Able to, right? And I mean, they, these are just, there's a lot of, of these types of organizations that are here because we're located in, in Ottawa, you know, and it's also, I mean, not to be super cheeky, but it's also, I think worth mentioning that our program, you know, we talk about power a lot. And here we are in Ottawa where we can, you know, there are a lot of options for looking at power, how power operates, right? In, in terms of the federal government, in terms of the protests that <laughs> happen against the federal government, right? There, there's just, there's a lot happening. And then I would also just mention, and this is just like practically speaking, I am someone who was born and raised in Toronto, and I am so happy to be living in Ottawa. <laughs> and like, just to say, because it's the capital, I do think that there is like way more going on here than you might expect in a city of this size. Like it's it's more diverse, I think, than you might expect. And just like more going on in terms of like festivals and shows that come through town. And, and but it's also, it's, it's also just like way cheaper to live here and faster to get around, right? Like, Whenever I hear people in Ottawa complain about traffic, I'm like, ah, oh, you have no idea. You know, like you can get around here so easily, you can get into Ottawa and out of Ottawa so much faster. Anyway, so like as a transplanted Torontonian, I just, I do think it is like a really great place to live. As a, as a fellow Torontonian, I can echo that statement. And hey, <laughs> Hamilton the Musical is, I mean, coming to Ottawa. So, you know, it's a happening city. There you go. <laughs> now, the, the last thing I want to ask you, Megan, and I'm going to be asking all of our guests is how would you define a successful undergraduate experience? That's a good one. So, you know, I feel like undergraduate students of this generation, like the ones that I'm teaching, really juggle a lot. Like a lot of them are going to school full time. A lot of them are working at least part time, if not more. And then like there are some who have care responsibilities for like kids or elders or siblings. Anyway, it's a lot. I, I really do feel like these students have a lot in their plates. And I also think a lot about the students who started the, the university during the pandemic. Like it's just, it's been a tough and lonely time. So, you know, I guess I hope that undergraduate students get a chance to be together and to learn together. Like, I, I think that there is a lot about online learning that has been really great. You know, as I said, our, our, our unit houses critical disability studies, and we've been doing a lot of reflecting on the way that online learning um, is so much more accessible for a lot of students, right? It is, it's, it's been really important learning experience for a lot of us, but I still, I mean, I think being together with a group of students talking through like a difficult article and like working together with a professor until you understand a concept, like it's just magic, you know? So, so I feel like, yeah, I don't know, a successful undergraduate experience is like getting your mind blown by reading something like at least once a term, <laughs> you know, like something that mm -hmm. just totally shatters the foundations of everything you thought before. It's just, it's like such a key undergrad experience, I think. And then also, you know, getting to talk about that with your comrades over a pitcher of beer <laughs> is also pretty, <laughs> pretty important, I think. Um, you know, so I guess a successful undergrad experience is that you read a lot, you talk a lot, you also find ways to, you know, have fun along the way, hopefully. And then I hope, I would also think that, I would hope that the process of doing that, of reading a lot, of talking a lot about having, you know, and having fun as well, you know, will help you discover something that you really care deeply and passionately about. And then that discovery will help you figure out what's next. Wow. What a, what an answer that is. I'm going to take that advice for, for my own life. Uh, thank <laughs> it you. It was a good question. I like that question. <laughs> I didn't know it was me that, that good. Uh, uh, and it's a perfect way for us to end our conversation. Uh, Megan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for the invitation. Great to talk to you. And we'll be back with more of the Talking Raven podcast.
big thanks to Dr. Megan Rivers-Moore for not only highlighting the amazing advantages you'll find within this faculty, but for also, you know, spotlighting our Women's and Gender Studies program. I mean, after talking with Megan, I, I really realized how important, how unique, and how current this program truly is. So if you are thinking about doing a major, a minor, taking courses in Women's and Gender Studies, don't think too long. Just do it. You're really going to love the experiences, the knowledge, and the skills that you'll develop within that specific department. Now, next week, we're going to be talking about our Faculty of Engineering and Design. I got to admit, it is not a faculty that I'm super familiar with. I was never really that strong in math. But what I can tell you is the students that I know who are studying in this faculty are doing amazing work and are being led and guided by some of the best professors Canada and, dare I say, the world has to offer. So looking forward to sharing a bit more about what Fed can do for you. Until then, this has been the Talking Raven podcast. My name is Stanley Philippe. And remember, you have a lot of greatness inside of you. So don't be afraid to unleash your inner awesome. Take care, y'all.